Welcome in to the NASCAR Betting Preview Show podcast, episode 5. I'm your host, Derek Yoder, and on this episode, I'm going to recap the Daytona 500, go over where I was right and what I got wrong from a betting perspective, and then share a few early thoughts regarding Auto Club as we head into the week uh, and the series heads to California. So first and foremost, want to congratulate Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and all the, the members over there at the 47 car. You know, Ricky, you know, he's got a, a skill set that really lends to the super speedways, especially at Talladega, Atlanta, and obviously Daytona, where he got a win before his first win. Actually, back in 2017, my wife and I went down to Daytona to watch uh, the, the Cup Series race. We were in Ricky Stenhouse's box uh, as guests there. And uh, wouldn't you know, he won his first race in the 17 car for Roush. But that was, uh, that was then. This is now. And so congratulations to Ricky and everybody over there. Really, what a cool moment. He kept the car clean, was there when it counted, made the most of it, was aggressive when he needed to be, and obviously got the win. And I think, you know, Ricky is such a, a good ambassador, if you will, for uh, winning the Daytona 500, especially the legacy of what that uh, that win means. And I think he's just a perfect ambassador for it because of his personality. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that's made it in this sport, you know, maybe not with the win so much, but what he and JTG are, are doing over there, it's really cool to see them get that win. So congratulations to them. Unfortunately, I have no betting outrights for Ricky Stenhouse, so I don't have any tickets to, be excited about on my end, but hopefully anybody out there listening scored on a winning ticket of Ricky Stenhouse. Maybe it was a top three, top five, top 10. Maybe got him in a head to head somewhere or a group bet or top manufacturer, whatever it was. Congratulations. And, uh, you know, because you won as well, I guess. So we'll see how it plays out the rest of the year for them and that team. But, you know, what a momentum starter uh, for those guys after it was a, a pretty pretty disappointing year in 2022 you know kyle bush and austin dillon didn't we think that they were going to win the daytona 500 sure seemed like it until uh daniel suarez spun out and i i don't really remember fully what happened i should go back and look but it felt like to me maybe that could have been negated maybe blue tire and i'm i'm not remembering but i felt like maybe it was just a spin out and if that was the case and it was obviously on the front stretch down closer to the pits but like really out of the way of everything maybe they could have just let him go again i'm a little salty now because now i didn't win a bet right so of course as a better we are we are emotional we want to win our bets uh and i didn't win my bet so uh that's where maybe uh the little bit of bitterness is coming out but i'm just keeping it real uh but kyle bush uh, austin Dillon, and, and william byron looked like they sure had it uh, but it didn't work out and was really interested to see how that choose rule was going to go i think that really played into eventually Ricky Stenhouse winning because that choose rule going into overtime was everything with Kyle Busch starting on the outside, Austin Dillon on the inside. You knew Kyle was going to come down and try to link up and William Byron, who was in third behind Austin Dillon. Well, he wants to be in the lead. So he knows that's going to happen and would rather be in second going into turn two than being third and going into turn two. So of course he was going to be aggressive, but it really just kind of messed up the whole thing for them. But nonetheless, it was Ricky Stenhouse's day. So great congratulations again to them. And uh, they can celebrate. They're going to celebrate. I'm sure a ton. I know Ricky's, a big golfer and he just got some uh, pxg club so i'm sure he's going to have a hell of a time uh coming up as the series goes out to california hopefully he can get a, a round or two when he's done with all the media obligations but uh you know it was a good race i thought but there's a guy i want to talk about uh that i don't want us to sleep on so maybe you jot this down somewhere from a betting perspective but i really think we can have an edge uh you know 
whether it's an outright or uh, maybe not so much an outright. I shouldn't have said that. I should have said more like a finishing position. So like top fives, top tens, maybe even a group bet. I think that could be a good spot where we could get uh, AJ Allmendinger. Uh, it's kind of the guy I want to talk about next. So AJ is, you know, we, we have to remember what he did at Homestead in 2022. And colleague, remember, there wasn't a second full-time car. So AJ was doing some part-time work. He was full-time in Xfinity. Obviously, he's back full-time in the Cup Series, and I think that's going to be awesome. But what he was able to do in that race, which is an extremely different racetrack because of the, the track surface, just being one of them, you know, really wore out track like Homestead. And that really was cool to see how well they did there. And then he backs it up in this, this type of finish. I really think AJ could have a pretty strong year i think he gets a win at some point and everybody's gonna say it's a road course and it's probably gonna be indie road course because that's where he runs the best at but he's a guy that we got to keep an eye on and just find from a betting perspective and have an edge from maybe a number two uh so keep that in mind because that's a guy i keep my eye on another guy i want to call out jimmy fucking johnson johnson back in the series part-time ownership now uh as well but jimmy johnson amazing what he was able to do today i mean he was there he was not in contention to necessarily win but he was in contention to point or, or score you know a good finish i should say for that team for that 84 car and unfortunately got into a wreck late wasn't his fault just tried to avoid it everybody's running into everybody so he got collected with that but jimmy johnson gotta give it to him that was really good another guy you have to call out is travis pastrana Travis comes out, finishes 11th, hasn't raced in NASCAR in quite some time. He he was amazing from his, not only his energy, his personality is great, but the eyeballs that he brought to the sport, the, the, the types of people that maybe weren't watching or caring about NASCAR, but because Travis was in it, you know, they wanted to kind of tune in. So that audience was so cool uh, to be able to have and, and watch them watch that event. And he finished 11th. I mean, taking a car, a third car from 23XI and doing what he did, that's just amazing. And I know Denny and uh, Kurt and Michael Jordan and all those guys over there are, are pumped. But what he did, what Travis did, was uh, nothing short but amazing. It really shows his his talents as a racer, as a competitor. So kudos to Travis as well. But the other guy I want to call out is Riley Herbst. Riley Herbst is a an Xfinity full-time driver for Stuart Haas Racing. Today, he was racing the Rick Ware uh, number 15 car, and he spun out. I want to say it was the first pit stop uh, where he spun out coming to pit road, and, you know, you can kind of write him off then. Obviously, nobody, really, nobody had him on a, a ticket of any kind, but I got to give him credit because that dude kept it clean, finished 10th. Scored his first ever top 10. Just amazing. Sure, there were some wrecks that kind of helped that uh, be the case. But still, when you're running all the laps, you have to still get there. You're still running. You're still competing. So got to give him uh, some kudos. From a betting perspective, I really thought it was cool what Barstool did, where they went out and they did a, a new market. It's called the uh, Stage 1 Head-to-Heads. And I thought it was so cool because I'm a huge advocate for people, you know, new bettors coming in, even experienced bettors that just want to look to get a little bit more action, but want to see maybe, you know, their unit allocations go up or, or profitability, I should say, uh, throughout the course of the race. You know, how can we be profitable throughout the race and not just wait till the end of the checkered flag and then get paid out? But this was a really cool thing, and I thought it was really, really awesome to watch it play out 
as the race was happening. Now, I personally was not invested in any way, more of a pride thing I was invested because I had a number of people reach out and ask, what do you think about this or that? And the one matchup that people kept asking me about was the Joey Logano minus 200 versus Kyle Busch plus 150. And at a super speedway, for me, when you get a guy like Kyle Busch especially, you got to take the plus 150. Like, it really doesn't matter who it even is. Now, Kyle Busch was starting last, Joey Logano starting first or third, and the only way Kyle could go was up, and the only way Logano go was back. And there was strategy involved with the pit stop, and there was going to be a lot of shuffling and movement. It came down to the wire. A number of those head-to-head stage one matchups did, and it was amazing and, and fun to watch, and I can't wait to get invested this weekend at Auto Club and then kind of the next couple of weeks as we go to other tracks, but not at a super speedway for me personally. But it was really cool to watch. And I think it's going to really help with that engagement. And I look to uh, do everything I can to help advocate for even more, uh, even more markets that, you know, we can have new betters, casual betters, even the experienced betters get action in on and, and get paid out throughout the course of the race. So, you know, it's all in the stick and ball sports. There are ways to make it happen. And uh, it just takes a lot of work on the sports books ends and the, and the people with that and partners in NASCAR to really want to make that happen for us. So I'm going to keep advocating for that. And I think we can get some things uh, done on that front, but let's talk about, you know, some things that maybe I got right. And uh, there weren't a whole lot of things I got right. I didn't play really a whole lot, but there was one thing in particular that I got right. And it was Chevy plus plus one forty, And I gave it out all week about Chevy was going to be the manufacturer that won and and the reason I gave that out, there were a couple statistics that went with it, but I really felt like that specific crew, Chevy, they had the most aggressive drivers, right? They were going to have guys that were not passive. They were going to be there at the end. And I just kind of went with that mentality and thought, you know, early in the week, it's going to be Chevy. And I just looked at some metrics and I found some interesting stats. And I think anytime you see trends or stats, you got to apply them however you want. But I, I definitely did. Uh, with these and it ended up paying off. But uh, every race that's run at the Daytona 500 on February 19th, obviously that was this year's race uh, date, but every year since its inception of that date, since 1984, so the last now five Daytona 500s on February 19th, all won by a Chevy. Thought that was interesting. Today, obviously, Ricky Stenhouse won. So there you go. Another feather in the cap with that. The other thing I thought that was really unique was in 1993, in 2003, in 2013, and now in 2023, a Chevrolet won the Daytona 500. So I thought, okay, there we go. Maybe there's another little trend there. So that was cool to see Chevrolet end up winning. Uh, like I said, I thought it was going to be with Kyle Busch, Austin Dillon, or William Byron. Again, not bitter. Had those guys is what it is. But it was cool to see uh, you know, Ricky Stenhouse win. I got a number of texts uh, from people saying, you know, that was a that was a, a good call. So it felt good there. Felt like I got a win uh, with that. I, obviously, that helped me as well. Really got me back to zero uh, from a net loss uh, win loss percentage with my uh, unit. So it was a uh, pretty much nothing day for me. So a lot of stress at the end. But other than that, nothing in the uh, bank account. Other than that, William Byron, Kyle Busch talked about them already. I was on those guys pretty heavily, heavily meaning, you know, uh, about a half a unit, a little more than that with that. But I really thought that those guys were going to be the the two that came, it came down to. And it sure was. Um, so those guys are going to be stout. I think Kyle Bush, we talked about him before, how strong I think that eight car is going to be. 
I know his over-unders wins of minus one and a half is uh, a bet that if you got it at plus money, you're going to be pretty happy about that once that hits eventually in the year. And William Byron, no longer a test car at HMS. And I've talked about this to a few people already, but HMS last year had William Byron win at Atlanta, and then he went to Martinsville and won that race. But that car was so new. That Gen 7 car was so new to everybody. And with lack of uh, parts and pieces, I really felt like they used him as a test vehicle, knowing that he was locked into the playoffs, trying to get some of his other uh, teammates there with information. And it just really hampered the entire season for them. And uh, they were never fully able to re- recover. I think he finished sixth, ultimately, in the points. And, uh, you know, it's my theory. Nobody else really said that to me at all. But... It's just something I've thought about. I think, you know, he's going to have a breakout year. So William Byron, look out for him. Now, where was I wrong from a betting perspective? And uh, this might be everybody's favorite segment throughout the uh, week to week. But for me, this week specifically, again, I didn't really play a whole lot. So there's really nothing to to look at. I had I, I was pretty smart with my outrights, got fortunate with that. None of them hit out, obviously. But there was something I didn't get right. And I'm kind of kicking myself. And it's Ricky Stenhouse. And you know, he won the race, but he's in a guy, he's a guy that's good at super speedways. And for whatever reason, I overlooked his ability. I overlooked him as a driver and I shouldn't have done that. I should have, uh, I should have taken maybe some of his stuff and said, you know, he could be a guy that's there. I'm talking about aggressive drivers and this and that. I just did not trust that he would be able to finish a race. I thought he might get into a wreck or get into bad position. I didn't really trust the team a whole lot because what was there to trust from last year? But I overlooked him, and that's my then that's my fault. I have to do my due diligence now. I don't have FOMO. I'm not going to go bet him at a, Atlanta and, and Talladega as my first bet. I'll evaluate it. I'll look at it. He obviously is a proven winner at Super Speedways, but it's not going to be something I necessarily go out and just do right away. So uh, that's something that I got wrong. But throughout the course of the year, as we go to like even Auto Club, I'm going to have head to heads and different bets that, you know, I'll be able to come back and say, you know, I maybe didn't cap that right, but that's something that's a different story for a different day. Now, what is something that we can apply from this race from the Daytona 500 in 2023? Well, Chevrolet has won every single gen seven race. Now total of seven in the uh, NASCAR cup series of six super speedway races last year in the gen seven car. And then obviously uh, today being Ricky Stenhouse. So they are seven and oh, uh, on super speedway. So that's something we got to look at as we go to uh, Atlanta here in a few weeks. Kyle Larson's the other guy I want to talk about. And Larson's a guy that I was on coming in. The industry was not on him. Uh, he doesn't always get the finishes. I thought he was pretty much overlooked. Uh, I just talked about Ricky Stenhouse who's overlooked and he ended up winning. Uh, but Larson was overlooked in my opinion. And the books, you know, they priced him so tight. They put him at 10 to one, 11 to one. It's like, I'm not betting that, you know, for a guy, uh, even at Larson's talent, I'm going to get him, try to get him live at like 14 to one, 18 to one, just something that I can like really enjoy 10 to one. What are you going to do with that? So I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to wait, but Larson's a guy, you know, and I'd be curious if anybody out there has a lot of time on their hands coming up in the next week to be curious to hear where Larson has run at super speedways in the last five years with five to go. Cause I really feel like he's been in position with five to go and then just kind of got in a wreck, made the wrong move, did something. And and this was no different, right? He he didn't do anything wrong. He just got wrecked. And not his fault, but he was wrecked. And that goes with your uh, your record, if you will, uh, when you're looking at statistics. So, again, 
that was a guy that I really wanted to kind of call out uh, because I think he will win a super speedway race one way or another. And that's something we got to pay attention to. So let's look now at auto club. Let's start looking ahead since we can't go backwards anymore. And I want to point out a few things that I think are going to be topical uh, for us to kind of think about as we go throughout the week. And the first one is Denny Hamlin. So Hamlin on his podcast actions detrimental said, Ford is going to be really, really, really strong coming up. And if that's true, we're going to see that happen this week, especially in qualifying and practice and uh, even the race. <clears throat> if that is true, which as an owner and a driver, I'm going to lend to think that maybe he is speaking accurate in some way about that. So that's something for us as a better to kind of take in and just look. Now, I did reach out to uh, Brian Murphy of Stuart Oz Racing, and I said, now, why would Denny say that? Is he trying to defer or is he trying to uh, have information not looked at him and maybe look over here at the Fords? I know HMS was always known for that, where they would always try to you know, point the finger over here when they were doing something on the other side. And uh, there, there's chess, right? Denny's a chess player. He plays chess all the time. So is it something like that or, or was he being serious? Does do the Fords really have an advantage from a, a manufacturer side with their arrow or body, however it is, that uh, the other teams don't? So we'll see how that plays out. I'm really interested to kind of assess that this week. Now, just because maybe it does or doesn't happen this week doesn't mean that's going to be the whole story for the whole year, but it's definitely something to pay attention to. So I'm looking forward to that. The other thing, for anybody out there listening that has Bovada, Eric Jones, I got this through one of my text threads, Eric Jones opened at 200 to 1. And if that's available right now and you have access to Bovada or your family member has access or your friends have access to it, uh, tell them or you go bet that uh, 200 to 1, even if it's at 150 to 1 or 100 to 1, Eric Jones at any number that's ever a triple digit to 1, uh, bet that. So that'll be interesting to see if that's even still available come Monday morning, but uh, I, like I said, got that through a text thread and I uh, thought that was interesting. So TRD, the next thing I want to talk about is TRD. They had some heating, uh, overheating issues last year in 2022 at Auto Club. So when you look at back at the statistics about how they did or how they fared or this driver, that driver for uh, any of the TRDs, and that's JGR and 23XI, you're not going to see anything too glowing because they had a lot of issues. So Maybe go look at a different race, and I'm going to just throw one out that is more comparable to it, and it's Michigan. We can get into the statistics later and, and some of the metrics. Uh, I don't necessarily think the track is the same. There's similar shape. That's about it, and that's all I'll say about that for now. We'll touch on the rest throughout the week, but go see what maybe they did at Michigan if you're wanting to look at anything. The other thing with them is go look at it's a different car, but just go see what TRD driver now is maybe has the best record at that place. That's going to tell you a lot as well, because this is a track, high tire wear track that is going to eat tires. So there's going to be a lot of strategy involved. And I think it's just very key to kind of know who has what skill set. Another thing with TRD is the 19 car. And Denny actually said this on his podcast, but last year, Kyle Busch had the best pit crew from top to bottom. And this year, Martin Truex got that pit crew. So make sure you go and check out that. The other thing I want to talk about is, you know, developing a strategy and make sure you stick to it. And what do I mean by that? Well, when it comes to a betting strategy of any kind, have a plan, right? Uh, when you go into the week, what are you looking for? Are you looking on Twitter just because somebody says, hey, go make that play? If so, I highly 
uh, I highly advise against that because then you're putting it in somebody else's hands that is maybe on something, may not be on something. Sure, we can trust somebody when we see somebody win a couple picks, but at the end of the day, you're the one putting in your own units. So you should do some uh, background on some of that data that you're you know, implementing and putting in, investing in. Uh, so what I recommend doing is developing a betting strategy and sticking to it. Do it a few times. That muscle memory will kick in. You'll start applying it each week. You'll start learning so much about trucks, Xfinity, and Cup. And if anybody out there is saying, hey, I don't know where to get started. I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to do. I'll help you. I'll help you get started. There's a few very, very, very basic things that if you just apply them on a week-to-week basis, you will be such a better uh gambler but you'll also be smarter from a nascar perspective like i said any of the series pick one it'll apply to all three so there's ways to do it i'm happy to help anybody because i just want to see everybody in the community do well because then we're all doing well right if we start seeing all start seeing success then that kind of brings more eyeballs to hey there's opportunities here to uh, win on this sport and win in these markets and i think that's what's key for the next generation coming up that wants to bet nascar so again develop a strategy and stick to it. So I don't really have a whole lot more, you know, make sure that you're following on the uh, NASCAR betting preview show. We do the Twitter spaces every Wednesday this week. We have Ryan Stevens coming on, joining the show. I know the guys are excited about that. Ryan's a good guy in the community and does so much. He started a website here recently, so I can't wait to talk to him. Uh, Make sure you're following me on Twitter at Derek Yoder underscore. That's the best place to interact with me. My DMs are open. So make sure if you have a question you don't want to ask publicly, you can let me know in there. But again, I want to help anybody that I can because I believe, hey, if we can all help each other, if you have a question that I never maybe really thought of, I'm going to write that down because I want to maybe apply that in my own strategy or my own way of thinking. And I really think there's a lot of opportunity there for that. So make sure you're interacting with me and all the guys associated, whether it's Full Tank with Phil, Skybox, NASCAR, Rory Picks, you know, everybody out there is kind of lending a helping hand. So again, thanks for uh, tuning into the NASCAR betting preview show podcast. Again, I'm going to do these every single week after Daytona, after auto club, after Las Vegas, whatever it is, because I think there's a really good opportunity by coming on, being transparent and talking about it. I did this last year with Chris worm on uh, his show. He had a YouTube show, uh, a post-race poll, and it was hard. It was really hard for me to get on that show right after the race and face the music of what did I get right? What did I get wrong? He preaches that a lot. And, uh, but it, it did help me help me understand maybe where I, I should have maybe been thinking of something or, Hey, I was vulnerable with this and, uh, more so just transparent publicly. And I think that was key. So I'm going to do this every week and there'll be some weeks where I'm happy. And I'm sure there's going to be some weeks where I'm pretty damn disappointed, but we're going to get through it. So thanks again for supporting the show. All the many shows I'm a part of have a great rest of the week. We'll talk to you throughout the the course of the, the races coming up. And again, enjoy, have a wonderful week and we'll catch you next time. Episode six coming up next week. Yeah.